What kind of adjustments do the New York Giants need to get on track? We take a look at some of the more or less scenarios we think might work next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, P Train, and this is our Friday show for the Locked On Giants podcast, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. And you can follow along at Patricia underscore Trena on the social media site formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. And you can also follow along at Patty Trina on threads and on Instagram, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. On today's show, we're going to talk about some more or less scenarios, ways that maybe the Giants can turn things around um, given this slow start that they've had. Then uh, I've got some locker room nuggets for you. I was in the locker room yesterday and I visited with quite a few number of players and just, you know, chit-chatting, you know, did some storylines here and there, stuff that's coming up. Um, So that's coming up. And uh, then finally, we're going to wrap things up with a prediction, which I did not give on the crossover show that aired yesterday, but I said I would do it by the end of the week. It is the end of the week and I'm going to do it. And um, before I get into segment one, just a quick reminder that Friday night, 7.30, that's tonight, if you're watching this on uh, September 29th, Locked on Giants Live is back. Trina, Tana, and Dog, we got a loads to talk about. So hopefully you will swing by and take part in the discussion. We look forward to seeing you, and I look forward to seeing Dog and, and Tana. It's been a long time since before the Dallas game, you know, so it'll be our first show since that. So anyway, let us get right into the first segment and more or less. Now, you know, a lot of people have ideas and opinions about what the Giants can do to turn their misfortunes around. And I, of course, have my own ideas and whatnot. So I put together a little bit of a list here, a small list of things that I think the Giants need to change. And, you know, you ask the coaches about this stuff and obviously they're not going to say, you know, yeah, we're going to do this. Or, yeah, we're going to do that. They just basically say, we need to play better. We need to execute better. Okay, but how are you going about it? So here are a few things. Um, and I focused on the offense because on the defensive side of the ball, I think we all know the main problem, one of the main problems has been tackling. But um, there is something I'll talk about on the defensive side of the ball regarding um, a, a usage or deployment of a particular player, which I'll talk about in just a moment, but let's stick with the offensive side of the ball um, right now. So anyway, the first thing I think I would consider doing if I were the Giants coaches is Paris Campbell's role on the offense. Now, Paris Campbell 
is a guy who, when the Giants signed right away, I thought, okay, great. They're adding speed to the, to the offense. All right. This is a guy who ran a 4.3140 yard dash at the 2019 NFL combine. And Campbell is second on the team in pass targets with 16 through three weeks, but He's only averaging 4.3 yards per catch, which is 40% less than what he averaged with the Colts last year. And the reason for that is that instead of sending him deep, the coaches, for whatever the reason, have limited him to short zones through the three games. Now, that could be due to the offensive line struggles, no question about it. But when was the last time we saw Paris Campbell, as a member of the Giants, run a deep pattern? It's been a while, I don't, if at all. I don't think they've, they've even tried that, to be honest with you. Campbell's average depth of char- target is 3.6 yards, which means he's primarily working either out of the backfield or, as I mentioned, in those short zones. His average y- yards per route run is 0.59. Now, here's the other thing. You know, people say, oh, Paris Campbell's not getting yards after the catch. All right. He's averaging 1.5 yards after the catch. But if he's running these short zones, guess what? The opponent is sitting on those short zones. So in other words, because they know that the pass rush is going to get home to Daniel Jones and he's going to have to get the ball out quicker and chances are he's going to have to throw shorter. um, They could sit on those short zones and, and whatnot. So as soon as Paris Campbell catches the ball, it's like, boom, there's a defender on him. So of his 16 pass targets, only one has come at a depth of 10 or more yards with zero coming 20 or more yards. So again, I know the offensive line has been a problem, but not on every snap. There have been opportunities to take some deep shots. Why not try a few deep shots with Paris Campbell? These short zone passes, I, I, and it's possible, you know, that the Giants were, were playing him in that role until Wandale Robinson was fully up and ready to go. And maybe he takes over that role for Paris Campbell. But um, I just don't like how the Giants have been using Paris Campbell. I feel like it's a waste um, in terms of what he could bring to the offense. I mean, again, it could be injuries. It could be the offensive line. I don't want to discount that, but... They've got to do a better job with with you know the talent they have and utilizing them to the to their strengths. All right, so that's first thing on on my list. Another thing, get Jalen Hyatt involved more. You know, look, I get it. The coaches have a plan every week for players and how they're going to deploy them and so on and so forth. I get it. But you know what? Sometimes plans can be broken. They could be altered. If something's not working, and it's clear to me, and I'm sure to you as well, that the passing game hasn't been working as well as it could be, maybe you say to yourself, okay, our plan isn't working. We've got to deviate a little bit. Go off script and try something new. That doesn't mean that you're panicking. But if week after week you're seeing the same type of results, Shouldn't you consider just saying, okay, yeah, well, we didn't have that Jalen Hyatt schedule to to get, you know, 20 snaps in this game, but maybe we should think about putting him in there and maybe stretching the defense a little bit and maybe opening things up underneath so that we can go back to the script. I just, I never got that. 
you know, all right, great. You have a plan. I, I'm not saying you, you don't go in without a plan, but plans are made to be broken. And Jalen Hyatt to date has only appeared in 29% of the team's snaps on offense. And, uh, you know, you go back to the 49ers game, Hyatt often drew a single high safety while running deep, but didn't draw a single target. And there was one play in particular that I remember standing out where Daniel Jones had time to reach him, didn't even throw or look his way. And I'm like, what's going on here? Is it that you didn't see it? Is it that the coaches told you to keep it underneath? So if it's the latter, think about changing things up. Come on. That's, it, it's not that hard, you know? All right, Darius Slayton. Let's talk about him. Slayton has always been a favorite target of Daniel Jones, but his yards of separation per next-gen stats, 2.0. All right, so that puts him at the bottom of the NFL receiving board of receivers who have a minimum of 10 pass targets so far. Um, the one thing Slayton has done well thus far in the season no drops. That was a problem for him, you know, basically since he's come into the league and especially the last two years. So here's what I'd like to see with Slayton, you know, with these opportunities that he does get. I want to see a little bit more in terms of the contested catches because Slayton's a big receiver. He hasn't really been as physical as you'd like him to be. And he's zero for three on contested catches. You're going to need your big target guys, your big body guys to win on those contested catches. And that's just not something that that he's done well. All right. I want to mention um, one defensive player, if I could here, before I take a break here. And that player is safety Xavier McKinney. Now, I know a lot of you are frustrated with McKinney. He's not having a good year. You know, the, the injury last year that... He suffered during the bye week and so forth. And McKinney just hasn't looked like the player he was in 2021 when he had five interceptions, four pass breakups. Um, and I believe he had a career high in tackles. I think he had 69 tackles, if I'm not mistaken. So I went back and I looked at how McKinney has been deployed in the Giants defense now versus how he was deployed during that 2021 season. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, McKinney in 2021 played down in the box 148 times. He was the free safety 807 times, and he played in the slot 135 times. Thus far in 2023, McKinney hasn't been down in the box all that often, only 62 snaps. He's been at free safety 107 snaps. And in the slot, 20 snaps. So I'm just wondering if maybe McKinney is more of a, a of a box safety, if, he, if he's gravitated to, towards being more of a, a box safety, because it just seems like they've, they've changed how they've deployed him. And that was the case also last year where he didn't play as many snaps down in the box as he did, you know, deep. Now, I get it. McKinney is a guy who, coming out of Alabama, could do, you know, just about anything. You could, you could line him up anywhere. The danger with guys who can play multiple positions, you know, jack of all trades, is that they become a master of none. And that's something I think we're seeing now with McKinney. And, um, you know, just that's a problem. 
the other problem to me when I watch this game is, is, is it's just not inspiring. It's like at times he looks like, I don't want to say like there's no effort because it's not fair to him, but there are just times when he just looks like he's disinterested. And, you know, is that because he's frustrated with how he's being deployed? Is it because, you know, the offenses are playing him differently? I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, he just, when I ask him, he basically says, I just got to play better. Well, duh, they all got to play better. So that's another guy I think, you know, and there are others on defense. I'm just mentioning him uh, as, a, as a matter of fact here, but that's another guy who really needs to pull it together because right now I hate to say it, but he's playing himself off this team through three games. All right, folks, coming up next, I made it through the locker room yesterday. I visited with quite a lot of players. So I'm going to share with you some nuggets I have. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans. So between my work here on the Locked on Giants podcast on Giants Country and being on site in East Rutherford to bring you all the latest and greatest Giants coverage, I just don't have time to get to the grocery store to make sure that my fridge is full. Well, luckily, I don't have to thanks to DoorDash. With DoorDash, I get everything I want when I need it delivered straight to my door. You know, for years, I've trusted DoorDash to also deliver freshly made meals from my favorite restaurants, and they've never let me down. And now they've added added grocery delivery to their offering, and it's made it so much easier for me. DoorDash has thousands of grocery stores to choose from, so you'll find one in your neighborhood that's right for you. You'll get what you ordered, or they will make it right. And you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a no delivery fee on eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Now for a limited time, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Terms apply. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you'll not only get the lowest prices guaranteed, you'll also get clear images of where your seats are in the venue so you can see the view. And you also get event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Term supply. Again, that promo code is locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase at game time. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, P Train. And in this segment, I made it through the locker room yesterday. I visited with quite a few players. And I figured, you know, I'd share some of the conversations I had. You know, a lot of them were on the record, some were off the record. I won't share the off the record ones, but Certainly, I'm, I'm happy to share with you some of the on-the-record ones. And um, I'm going to start off by talking about the offensive linemen. So Joshua Azudu and Marcus McKethan each have a locker by one another. 
stands to reason, right? Because they both played at North Carolina. They were teammates, so that naturally they're friends and whatnot. And John Michael Schmitz is a couple lockers down from them. And one thing I kind of noticed, just, you know, walking around the locker room and observing, I love how those young players are just bonding together and kind of like kibitzing with each other. It's it's just so cool to see they're like, you know, they're joking, they're they're um, you know, they're they're talking, they're communicating, they, they study. Um, I went to visit Marcus McCathan specifically because I'm doing a story on him over on Giants Country. And just as I was talking with him, I just found it kind of funny how Azudu and, and Schmitz were kind of like jumping in on that. And, you know, once I got, the, I got my story, you know, my interview in with, with, with Marcus, but um, once it was all done, it was interesting because we started talking about Giants history and um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure how the topic came up, but we were talking about centers. Oh, I know how it came up. Um, I was kidding with the, with the guys. And I, I, I said, okay, so who's the biggest troublemaker here? And, Azudu and um, McCathin both pointed to Schmitz and Schmitz is like, what, me? And for some reason, I, I don't know, but I, I just, I said to him, you know, you remind me so much of Bart Oates, you know, because of the, the face reminds me of Bart Oates, the great center the Giants had in the, in the 1980s. And we just got through talking. And then I said, you know, I said, yeah, you know, the University of Minnesota has really produced some good giant centers over the years. And so Schmitz is like, yeah, you know it. And I said, I said, do you know who I'm referring to? And so he's like, yeah, me. And he goes, no, no. I, I say to him, I'm also referring to Brian Williams. So I basically, you know, because I've covered this team for so long, I have a pretty good grasp on the history. So I was kind of sharing some historical, you know, trends with these guys. And they were fascinated by it. It was kind of cool, actually, because a lot of times, you know, you mentioned a historical giant or something from the past and guys look at you like, huh? You know, it's like, if you say to them, Hey, you know, how many records do you have in your collection or how many vinyls do you have in your collection? They're like, what's a vinyl. You know, <laughs> so I remember what a vinyl is. I don't know if you guys do, but uh, yeah, I know vinyls making a comeback, but anyway, I just thought that was a kind of a cool um, conversation. And I can tell you, you know, from, from a football perspective, Marcus McCathin, um he's, he's still, chopping away he's not you know he's not at a point yet where he feels he's playing his best ball but he's absolutely you know on cloud nine to to be in the starting lineup and Joshua Zudu you know even though he's probably not going to be in the starting lineup with the return of Andrew Thomas anticipated this week Zudu is still very much optimistic and you know has a good frame of mind so that was definitely good to say I visited with Evan Neal as well, just for a couple minutes, really. Um, Evan's keeping his head up. Uh, I know a lot of people are very down on him and whatnot. And all I'll say about Evan is that sometimes there's more than what meets the eye with regards to a player's uh, performance on the field. Um, Evan and I talked about real quick, you know, his, his footwork, you know, the, the pass protection and all that stuff. And, he told me some of what he's been trying to do. He's been working with a blocking sled. He's been seeking out the coaches for additional, you know, uh, tutoring. The kid's working at it. And you know what? It's not like Eric Flowers a few years ago when Eric Flowers just came in here and he said, okay, you know what? You know, 
this isn't working. I'm going back to my bad habits that I that got me to the NFL. Um, Evan Neal's trying, folks. And I, I kind of feel bad for him because he's taken a lot of snuff. But um, he's working at it. And I, I hope he turns it around. He's a good kid. Um, even though he made me feel old by revealing that I'm, I'm actually older than his mother, not by a lot, but, but by a few years, but, uh, he's a good kid and he's working at it. Um, I met, visited with Sterling Shepard for a little bit. Shep is one of my, my, uh, favorites. Um, just love the guy, uh, for just always so optimistic and always has a smile on his face. And, Kind of breaks my heart a little bit because, you know, he's back. Obviously, he's healthy, wants to contribute, but he's going to get phased out of the offense, I think, as as the weeks go on. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And I think he knows that. And, you know, but what I really love about Shep, and I've always loved this about him, is he's it's never about him. It's about what's best for the team. And he's just so, so, you know, in tune of, okay, you know what? Yeah, I might not get as many snaps. I might not get as many targets, but it's about the team and, you know, my my stats and whatnot, secondary. So just really love Sterling Shepard's attitude. You know, it's the right attitude and it's a model, I think, for all his teammates. You know, Jalen Hyatt, when I, t- I talked to him about Sterling Shepard, he can't say enough about all the things he's learning from Shep. And just to have that presence in the locker room is so, so important. So you've got Daniel Jones on the corner, Jalen Hyatt, and then Sterling Shepard. So Jalen Hyatt is between Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard in the locker room. And, you know, what a great place for that rookie to be. And uh, lately I've noticed Wandale Robinson has been drifting over to that that corner of the locker room. Wandale Robinson is down the pole or down the, the row in the uh, next section of lockers, but He's been making a, a point to come over there, Pro- probably listen to me, because I think I, one of my conversations with him, I suggested he take a walk over there. But uh, so, yeah, but Sterling Shepard holding his head up, doing what he can and what he's asked to. And but he knows he knows that the, the handwriting's on the wall. And folks, I would not be surprised if at some point Shepard becomes an inactive, you know, a healthy scratch which, you know, I hope doesn't happen, but I would not be surprised if it does. All right. And for this final clip um, from the locker room, you guys might recall that I wondered if maybe the Giants, you know, with the tackling issue, were they maybe going for the ball, you know, trying to strip the ball out? And if so, was there a different technique involved or, you know, what exactly was going on? So I asked inside linebacker Bobby Okereke those questions during his media scrum yesterday. Bobby's really cool. I love talking with him. He's so intelligent. And I'm going to play for you the sequence of the two questions that I asked him back to back. Bobby, I know this is going to sound like a silly question, but tackling and going for a strip, same technique? Is it different? Uh, a little bit different. I think, you know, we always say first man in has got to secure the tackle. Second man in comes and strips the ball. Um, if you got that opportunity, obviously, and you see the ball, go punch it. Um, but yeah, obviously, first, first and foremost, you know, get the guy down, uh, stop the bleeding, and then second guy's in, come rip the ball, whether you're stripping, raking, whatever. Okay, so wild guess here, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but mm-hmm. do you guys feel like maybe you're trying to get at the ball as opposed to tackling because you feel like you've got to make something happen? Um, you know, there could be a little bit of that. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is don't press. Um, you know, turnovers will come. Um, so we got to just play good, fundamentally sound defense, and the rest will take care of itself. 
All right, there you go. Bobby O'Karake confirming to a degree what I suspected. So wanted to share that exact quote with you um, from the locker room. The Giants, by the way, set up tackling circuits in an effort to work on the tackling issue. Basically, O'Karake explained that what they did was they set up different stations with different scenarios in which you would use, I guess, different techniques to tackle the ball, whether it be from behind or in front of a guy or however they worked it. So they are trying to address it. All right, coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, my prediction for Monday night's game, don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And if you're looking for someone to have a big weekend this weekend, look no further than Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Ridley has the classic rebound and revenge opportunity in London in week four Sunday matchup against his former team, the Atlanta Falcons. Ridley has been very quiet with Jacksonville's passing game, slumping the past two weeks, but he will return to his more stellar week one debut form for his new team. The Jaguars will do a better job of scheming him open across the pond and making his massive target volume from Trevor Lawrence count big time again. And Giant fans, while Vinny Iyer from Lock on Fantasy Football helps you build your fantasy championship, know that eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So go on and keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast, Friday edition with P-Train, Patricia Traina. And again, don't forget tonight, Friday night, September 29th, Locked on Giants Live returns 7.30 p.m. on the YouTube channel. Hope you will stop by because they, we've got a lot to talk about and it'll be Trina, Tana, and Dog. And we always have a great time on the podcast. So uh, make sure you stop by if you can. All right. I want to wrap things up on this show with a prediction. Because I said I would give a prediction on the crossover show. I Normally I do it on the crossover. But I didn't because I wanted to get more of a feel for the vibe of the team. You know, was the team, um, you know, how were they practicing? Just what was the mood in the locker room and whatnot? Um, according to our friends at FanDuel, the Giants are a one and a half point underdog. The over under is 47.5. And uh, folks, you know, one of the stories, and I wrote this over on Giants Country, is this team still doesn't quite know what its identity is. And that to me is a little bit of a concern because I think they know what they want to be, but they're just not there yet. And with all the shuffling that's been going on and just how they've dealt with adversity, it, it, I just don't get a good feeling. And look, you know, everybody will say, well, the Giants need to win this game to save the season. And to a degree, that's true. But, you know, if they win this week, for argument's sake, and then they go on to lose the next two, you know, the record's not very good. 
especially as the Eagles and the Cowboys continue to roll right along. And even the Commanders have been doing well. So anyway, for this week's game for Monday night, I, I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to call it Seattle 27, Giants 17. I'm concerned about Kenneth Walker III, the Seattle running back, who is uh, third in the league with broken tackles forced. I'm concerned that the Giants defense won't have that fixed in time. You know, O'Karake also spoke about how tackling is a desire and how it's a want and how we, you know, from my perspective at any rate, I haven't seen a whole lot of guys seem to really want that, you know, with, 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 with the, you know, the ferociousness, if you will, or the, you know, the determination. It's almost like they've been half baking it. Um, So that's a concern for me. Um, I, Think Saquon Barkley, even though he was limited in practice on Thursday, and I posted videos of that on my Instagram account at Patty Trina, and also on Giants Country. Um, I still say Saquon's a 50-50 chance to play. I mean, if, if you're the Giants, do you hold them out Monday night knowing that you got a quick turnaround for Sunday down in Miami when you're probably going to need him a little bit, you know, more so, I mean, you need him every week, but you know, more so I think against Miami. So, um, so I, I just don't have a good feeling about the game. I hope I'm wrong. And I know that's, that's unusual for me because I'm usually optimistic, but I, I, I don't know the giants on, on primetime games, they just don't do well. And I don't think that changes this week. So I'm sorry, folks. I know you come here for the good news and for the optimism, but I got to give it to you straight. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Giants. We'll be back, of course, tonight with the Locked on Giants live podcast, the live stream. We'll be back on Monday. I'll have a show for you Monday. And then Tuesday, of course, we'll have the wrap up from Monday Night Football. So please do keep it here. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We'll see you tonight, and if we don't see you tonight, we'll see you on Monday, Giant fans.